Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see. Open our ears that we might hear. Open our mind and our heart that we might understand, so that we will turn to you and live. Well, I found myself a little irritated at our lectionary this week. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to or not. For a few weeks now, I've wanted one of the really good texts that tell us one of the classic stories in preparation for Christmas. I've wanted to read the Annunciation, the powerful story of the angel Gabriel, the announcement to Mary of the remarkable mystery that is about to come upon her and her courage. We read that last year during Advent. I wanted maybe to read the story that we read two years ago. It's the story of the birth of Jesus, the bewilderment of Joseph, and just the the whole stunning scene. There's so much to ponder there. These are the stories that uh, evoke so much in, in us. But today the lectionary gives us a very small, almost a scrap of a text. In fact, uh, Mary's Magnificat that we prayed as our litany is an optional text. We don't even have to read that today. We get this little bit. It's after Gabriel, after the blazing angel. It's before the birth. It's in between. And the only action we really get here is Mary taking a trip to Judea. Mary going to see her cousin, Elizabeth. And then Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, and a baby leaps in her womb, and she speaks a blessing over Mary. And if I'm really honest, it didn't seem very exciting this week. I really want something to happen. I want some drama. But I decided that since I'm supposed to be a preacher, and since this is the Bible, that perhaps I should submit to the text. So I began to ask a question this week. What would we miss if we scurried past this tiny narrative? What do these small, quiet, unassuming words offer to us? What would we expect Mary to do after this news that God is going to send his son into the world through her own body? Shouldn't Mary be going to the temple? Shouldn't Mary be memorizing scripture? Shouldn't we maybe be writing scripture? At least a little bit more than she gave us with the Magnificat. Shouldn't Mary be doing something dramatic? Whatever we might want Mary to do, she goes on retreat to Judea. And why would she do that? Why would she pack up and head to Judea after such news? And why would she go in such a hurry? The scripture says that she hurried off. Well, maybe she wanted to get out of town just to get away from all the wagging tongues. Maybe she was overwhelmed by the angel. Maybe all that was coming was uh, a daunting, daunting reality. Maybe she needed a friend to confirm with her that she wasn't crazy, because you'll remember that Elizabeth had had a, a miracle of her own. Elizabeth was beyond childbearing years. 
she too had had an angel come to her. She too was going to have a baby. We're not told why Elizabeth left. We're just told that Mary had to go see Elizabeth. She needed her cousin. She needed her friend. You know, we can do a lot without a lot of things in this world. Humanity has shown that under dire circumstances, we can bear far more suffering than we should. We can endure hardship. We can feel the heaviness of many questions and uncertainties. But I'm not sure how long we can really exist in this world without a friend. I'm not sure how long we can exist without a companion. Without someone that we can go to who can help us to see God, who can help us to believe in God, someone who can bear our story. So this little, this little moment where we're told to pause this morning gives us a lot, but it seems to me that it gives us a really human thing, something we might miss amid all the action is that Mary needed friendship, and so do we. We need the quiet space of another human who can receive our story from us with all of its tumultuousness, all of its uncertainty, all of its beauty and its muck. We need a friend who can receive us and who can be with us and who with us can wait for God. So Mary arrives at Elizabeth's front door and Elizabeth greets her cousin and God's spirit fills Elizabeth and she exclaims, blessed are you among women, Mary, and blessed is the fruit of your womb which is the second line of the Ave Maria or the Hail Mary prayer. We didn't read it this morning, but the first line is Gabriel's welcome to Mary. It's, it's earlier in the chapter when Gabriel says, Greetings, Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Whatever else we might need to hear these days, I don't think there's a single thing that our heart needs more, than our future needs more, than to hear those words spoken to us. The Lord is with you. The Lord has not forgotten you. And the Lord will do preposterous things to bring grace and life into your world. And Elizabeth says that John, the one who is to be the messenger to herald the coming of the one who is being sent by God, leapt in her womb. Elizabeth's body resounded with hope for the hope that was carried in Mary's body. Just last week, I was asking Ann Cummins how, the, how her uh, pregnancy's going. She said, it's going great. I'm feeling good, but I'm really getting lots of kicks now. I'm getting used to it, but it feels really strange. And I remember those days as a dad, but I remember sort of how distant I felt from it. I couldn't feel it in my body. You know, Miska would put my hand on her tummy and like, do you feel it? And I felt like I was supposed to say yes, but <laughs> I didn't, you know, like over here, don't, 
you felt that, right? And I, I never felt it, you know? And, and uh, I remember that, that t- moment when I finally did feel it. But it's something that Miska felt in her very being. It was something that was graced to her. It was something that she carried in her body. Here's another thing, a very human thing that it seems we might could miss if we don't pay attention to these small places in the story. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not, we don't have time to really think about this fully, and I'm not even sure what it means fully, but I think it's really important. Is that all that's happening here has very much to do with bodies. We have the body of God coming into Mary's body. We have John the messenger coming into Elizabeth's body. We have the savior of the world being born as a baby in a body. And it's not just to have some magnificent story around which Christians can have a holiday and then defend it from all those who are trying to have a war on our holiday. Somehow we've been taught to believe that true spiritual things has everything to do with all the things we can't see. Everything that we don't actually experience with our body. Everything that, I guess if we're honest about it, is actually the opposite of being human. But God came as a human because flesh and blood, because bodies are holy and good. There's something about your humanity, about your body in this world, your physical presence here in this moment with us that is entirely sacred. Jesus didn't come in the incarnation just to get to the cross and do something otherworldly. Jesus came to redeem our very bodies to restore to our bodies the full humanity that God intended from the beginning. I love this moment with Mary and Elizabeth where the hope of the world has entered into the world, but nobody really knows it yet. And at this moment, only two women, one who's very old and one who's very young, out in the Judean hills, away from the center of power. And together, the scripture says, for about three months, they laugh and they cry, and together they wait for the promise. And Elizabeth's final words are a blessing to Mary. She blesses Mary for being the one who believed that there would be a fulfillment for what was spoken to her by the Lord. And we're reminded of this very simple, very human act that Mary said yes to God. God offered Mary a possibility, and Mary said, okay. And maybe it would be a really good thing to pause here because we all know where the story goes. We know what happens next. In a few days, we're going to be singing joy to the world. But there was a moment in this world, absurd as it might sound, when Mary's answer had not yet been given. There's a moment when there was at least the possibility of a no. No. 
Gabriel brought God's news to Mary, and then heaven stood at attention, waiting for what this young woman would do. And I wonder if there might be some invitation from God to you that you've yet to answer. Is there some pregnant possibility, some place of new life, some place of obedience, some place of risk, some place of hope, some place of movement? And it's awaiting your response. I like the way Barbara Brown Taylor puts this. She says, in this divine dance we are all dancing, God may lead, but it is entirely up to us whether we will follow. Just because God sends an angel to invite one girl on the dance floor is no guarantee she will say yes. Just because God sends a prophet to tell us how life on earth can be more like life in heaven does not mean that any of us will quit our day jobs to make it so. God acts, then it's our turn. God responds to us, then it's our turn again. And Luke says that Mary stayed for three months. Three months. If you think Advent's waiting is long, what if it stretched out for about two more months? And in these months, she had friendship. She had God's promise. She had time. No idea what she was doing during these months. She had a baby in her belly. Surely she had questions, fears, bewilderment. I wonder how long you're having to wait. Where are you having to hold to God's promises? Even as the days, the months, the years tick by. For others of us, I wonder if we live under some kind of constant weight that we somehow should be doing more in the kingdom. More than just what God's put in front of us. I wonder if some of us live with a kind of heaviness. That something more than birthing pains, it's... Uh, a sense of shame. It's not a generous invitation into obedient action. It's just this ambiguous sense that somehow we're not making enough happen in the world. I wonder what exactly it was that Mary did so that in her magnificant, she would say, every nation and every generation will call me blessed. Well, she said yes to God. She received God's gift. And she waited. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.